Hey everybody, here on the Packaday Podcast, we're all about look good, play good, and that's why I'm super excited to announce our new sponsor, Oakley. Oakley is changing the game and it's time to discover a whole new world of possibilities. Do you run, golf, work out, or just want to look like Aaron Jones? Then you need to get yourself a pair of Oakleys today. Last season, I saw Aaron Jones wearing his signature Oakley sunglasses and I knew I had to have a pair. My Oakleys fit me perfectly and I've loved Oakley's style since I was a kid. There's just that extra boost of confidence I get when I'm wearing them and that's why I wear them every single day. Suited for everyday eyewear with frames and lenses that allow for an expression of your own unique personality, there's more than meets the eye. With summer just around the corner, you're going to want to upgrade your sunglasses game right now. Check out oakley.com to get yourself a pair. Personally, I'm a huge fan of the frog skins. Did you know that Oakley even offers prism lens technology? What the hell is that, you ask? It's a proprietary technology to Oakley and available for everyday settings as well. Want to know more? I know you do, so head over to oakley.com and uh, do your own research. And while you're there, get yourself a pair of everyday glasses that'll be sure to change your look for the better. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me? Try for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglasses brands in my life, and I can assure you, Oakley is not only the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head over to oakley.com for more information today. of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. You can get all of your Pack-A-Day updates by following us on Twitter at Pack-A-Day Podcast. And remember to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, or Spotify. And of course, you can always check us out on CheeseheadTV.com. I am A.E. Loney, and I am joined by one of my co-hosts this week, Andrew Mertig. We are back for another Friday edition of the podcast. Andrew, how are you doing? I'm doing really good. It's weird to think, right? Because we had... All of the offseason stuff and then the draft. And then we always start this season preview series in like early, mid-May. And it's already July. Uh, I believe this is our second to last episode of the series. But like we're almost to training camp. That That is really, really difficult to believe, but kind of exciting. Yeah, that is kind of wild. It's always such a fun series, and it does such a good job of, like, hyping us up to get ready to talk about um, what's going to happen when the pads come on and then what's going to happen during the regular season. So why don't you go ahead and introduce the teams we're talking about today? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I talked about already our current series is where we focus on what the upcoming upcoming 2023 Packers opponents did this offseason. And we've already put nine of the Packers opponents under the microscope, including all three of the NFC North teams. We've talked about their free agent additions and subtractions, their draft picks, and then any other offseason moves they made. So if you missed those Friday shows, you can definitely go back and check those out. But this week, we continue our journey through the Packers' 2023 opponents with conversations around the L.A. Chargers and the Kansas City Chiefs, two really fun AFC West opponents. And the Packers do kick that off with the L.A. Chargers in Green Bay Week 11 on Sunday, November 19th with a noon Central Time kickoff. And the Chargers are led by head coach Brandon Staley returning Offensive coordinator Kellen Moore is coming over from the Dallas Cowboys. He replaced Joe Lombardi, who was fired. And then they hired defensive coordinator Derek Ansley, who replaced Ronaldo Hill. This is a really interesting one to me. Hill was the defensive coordinator, wasn't fired, but just left to be the defensive backs coach in Miami. 
I don't know what the rationale there is, but of course, Brandon Staley being a defensive minded head coach probably had a lot of control over Ronaldo Hill as the defensive coordinator for the Chargers. Yeah, I did think that was interesting as well. Um, I have free agency additions to talk about, and there was really one, and it was that uh, the cap casualty, Eric Kendricks, uh, left the Vikings and has now gone to the Chargers. So their one move was significant that they did make. Yeah, absolutely. And their resignings, uh, albeit a slightly longer list, but not <laughs> particularly interesting. Uh, you have tackle Trey Pipkins, punter J.K. Scott, who we mentioned for obvious reasons there, tight end Donald Parham, and wide receiver Jalen Guyton. Not really anybody of particular interest there. I mean, if you are a Packer fan, J.K. Scott is of a lot of interest, but... Um, free agency losses here then. You have defensive lineman Christian Covington went to Detroit. Um, linebacker Drew Tranquil went to the Chiefs. Linebacker Troy Reader went to Minnesota, did an inside linebacker swap there. And then safety Nasir Adderley actually retired, was not a free agency loss, just hung up his cleats. So that was a pretty interesting thing that happened this offseason for the Chargers. Yeah, in his mid-20s. And, of course, a Packard connection there being the grandson of Herb Adderley, I believe. Uh, that's how that works. J.K. Scott is always of interest to me because in the writing sample that I provided to Andy Herman, it was an old Packers Talk article of mine where I did a mock draft and I projected both Equinemia St. Brown and J.K. Scott to the Packers. So I, I cherry-picked that one. So Andy would be really impressed with me. <laughs> and, and look how that turned out. And now yeah, you how many years later. Shout out to uh, my Two favorite Packers, Equinemius St. Brown and J.K. Scott. So speaking of the draft, the Chargers had seven picks, uh, seemingly just taking their own selections. This one, uh, no trades. Uh, in round one, they did get wide receiver Quentin Johnston out of TCU. In the second round, they get Tuli Tupoloto, uh, the edge out of USC. Linebacker Dayon Henley out of Washington State in the third round. Then they get wide receiver Darius Davis out of TCU. Jordan McFadden, the offensive lineman from Clemson. Scott Matlock, the defensive lineman from Boise State. And then quarterback Max Duggan goes in the seventh round, also out of TCU. Yeah, I loved the Tuli Tupelo 2 pick. I thought he was so good in this draft class. I'm really excited to see what he does for the Chargers Ed Rush when they already have Joey Bosa and they already have Khalil Mack. Um, I thought Johnson's just, he's a fun third wide receiver. I suppose he could be wide receiver two, you know, depending on what his ceiling is. But you've got Keenan Allen, you've got Mike Williams. Really nice trio there now. And I just thought this was like a good depth draft for them. I thought Henley was solid at inside linebacker. Scott Matlock I thought was a fun day three pick for the Packers. Um, and Max Duggan joins the prolific quarterback room that also includes Easton Stick. So, I mean, the TCU connection, I think, is going to be a lot of fun to watch in the preseason, considering they have Duggan and then two wide receivers from TCU in this class. Absolutely. So taking a look at their offensive depth chart, the Chargers, of course, led by emerging superstar Justin Herbert at quarterback. Uh, the aforementioned backups that Maggie just mentioned, Austin Eckler does return at running back despite some uh, whispers of him being unhappy with his contract. Joshua Kelly as a backup and Isaiah Spiller. We'll see if he lives up to some of the draft hype he had. At tight end, they have Gerald Everett backed up by Donald Parham and Trey McKitty. Then 
you go to a wide receiver and you mentioned, you know, Mike Williams, Quentin Johnson listed as the starting outside receivers with Keenan Allen in the slot. I do kind of wonder if Keenan Allen sort of takes that Larry Fitzgerald a little bit later in his career. Let's win with your route running a little bit more than, you know, some of the explosiveness that he had early in his career. Some of the backups at wide receiver, Jalen Guyton, Joshua Palmer, who looked really good at times during the last couple of seasons. And then Darius Davis, the rookie. And then across the offense line, left tackle Rashawn Slater, kind of an emerging superstar there. Zion Johnson at left guard, who was picked really high. Uh, we all know and love Corey Lindsley at center, Jamari Salyer at right guard, and Trey Pipkins at right tackle. Yeah, I think this is an offense that just has all the potential in the world. Austin Eckler, you mentioned, he came back, final year of his deal, playing for incentives, and I think a massive payday when he hits free agency next season. Um, Keenan Allen is somehow, I think, still kind of underrated. Maybe it's like you said, it's an age thing at this point. But I think this offense, you know, had the second most passing attempts and third most passing yards in 2022, but didn't always capitalize in the red zone. So I think that's kind of where this offense and this team success will largely come down. Um, It's the the offensive line, I think, is the question mark for me. Corey Lindsley, obviously stud at center. Sean Slater coming back from a torn bicep. So you hope that he is healthy because, like you said, he seemed like a superstar in the making at left tackle. Um, But it's just everything else along the offensive line that I think is a little bit concerning there. Absolutely. And then on defense, uh, if they're playing a base 3-4, what we would expect is that Morgan Fox, Sebastian Joseph Day, and Austin Johnson are going to be the down linemen there. A little bit of depth with Nick Williams. At the edge position, we know these names for sure. Uh, Khalil Mack getting a little long in the tooth. And then, of course, Joey Bosa, one of the elite edge rushers. Uh, Tuli Tupoloto is one of the backups. And then at off-ball linebacker, Kenneth Murray, uh, a former Packers draft crush, although I would say he's been relatively disappointing at this point in his career. Uh, and then the aforementioned Eric Kendricks coming over. In the secondary, you have Asante Samuel Jr., and Michael Davis as the starting corners. Josser Taylor, who I didn't know until right now, is listed as a nickelback. Uh, J.C. Jackson is listed as a backup despite making $8 billion a year <laughs> uh, in one of what looks like the worst free agent signings of the last few years. And then at safety, Alohi Gilman and Derwin James starting for the Chargers. Yeah, I mean, I think this is a pretty star-studded defense. You look across the board, they have the guy, Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa, Eric Kendricks, Derwin James. You've got young up-and-comers like Asante Samuel Jr. Michael Davis led the defense last year with 15 passes defense. So I think it's just a unit that needs to produce at this point because looking around, I think you can find the guy just about everywhere um, in the lineup. So it's a group that, in my opinion, got better based on some of the moves that they made and, you know, adding in the draft. So I think it's just a matter now of whether the new defensive coordinator can kind of put everything together. Hey, everybody. Here on the Packaday podcast, we're all about look good, play good. And that's why I'm super excited to announce our new sponsor, Oakley. Oakley is changing the game and it's time to discover a whole new world of possibilities. Do you run, golf, work out, or just want to look like Aaron Jones? Then you need to get yourself a pair of Oakleys today. Last season, I saw Aaron Jones wearing his signature Oakley sunglasses and I knew I had to have a pair. My Oakleys fit me perfectly and I've loved Oakley style since I was a kid. There's just that extra boost of confidence I get when I'm wearing them and that's why I wear them every single day. 
Suited for everyday eyewear with frames and lenses that allow for an expression of your own unique personality, there's more than meets the eye. With summer just around the corner, you're going to want to upgrade your sunglasses game right now. Check out oakley.com to get yourself a pair. Personally, I'm a huge fan of the frog skins. Did you know that Oakley even offers prism lens technology? What the hell is that, you ask? It's a proprietary technology to Oakley and available for everyday settings as well. Want to know more? I know you do, so head over to oakley.com and uh, do your own research. And while you're there, get yourself a pair of everyday glasses that'll be sure to change your look for the better. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me? Try for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglasses brands in my life, and I can assure you, Oakley is not only the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head over to oakley.com for more information today. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, absolutely. And, and now we're going to talk about our overall impressions of the roster. And I think this is one of the better teams that the Packers are going to face. The AFC West is, of course, pretty loaded. And the offense is trouble. Uh, we will see what they look like in November, but certainly on paper early in the season, all of those weapons for Herbert, the three big wide receivers, Gerald Everett looked fantastic last year. And of course, Austin Eckler, kind of the do-it-all running back. Um, if that offensive line can gel, as you mentioned, I think this is a offense that could give the Packers defense a whole heck of a lot of trouble. And then in defense, all that pressure coming off the edge, that is tough to deal with. And I think a really good secondary. So, I, yeah, I really like this team. We'll see how they can compete with the likes of the Chiefs. And then, you know, maybe if the Broncos have a little bit of a bounce back. Um, but this is definitely one of those top six or seven teams in the AFC, which are probably all better than the top teams in the NFC. Yeah, I think it's it's hard. It's frustrating to be the little brother, the little brother to the Kansas City Chiefs. But I mean, this was a charge team that was 10 and seven last year, and I think that they got better. So does that mean I think they'll have a better record than 10 and seven? Well, maybe not. But I think that this team can certainly be a better football team than the one that was bounced out of the playoffs by the Jaguars last year in the wild card round. I mean, this is a game that I had circled on my calendar, wanted to be at Lambeau for. This was the one that I planned on attending, but I won't be able to make it in person because I'll be on an airplane. But this is absolutely a game that I think Packers fans should be really excited about. Absolutely. And another one that you're certainly going to want to mark on your calendar is the Packers hosting the Chiefs in week 13, which is currently scheduled for Sunday night football. That is going to be on December 3rd can already kind of envision the snow falling, Pat Mahomes, Andy Reid entering into Lambeau Field. Um, and as 
as I mentioned, uh, Andy Reid, the head coach, back again, and I uh, spoiled <laughs> that for you. Uh, yeah, spoiler alert, Andy Reid's still the head coach of the Kansas City Chiefs, two-time Super Bowl winner. Offensive coordinator is Matt Nagy this year, replacing Eric Bieniemy, which is just, I mean, Matt Nagy, just how do you not think of him with the Bears and the double doink and all those fun memories we have from him as a head coach? Um, and then the defensive coordinator is still Steve Spagnolo. So free agent additions, Andrew, let's hear him. Yeah, it's kind of nice to be in that coaching life cycle where you know your head coach isn't going anywhere and you just have this like elite level defensive coordinator who has no more head coaching ambitions at this point. And so you lose your offensive coordinator, really good one in Biennemi, and what do you do? You just get Matt Nagy back as your offensive <laughs> coordinator. Like the, the Chiefs are so spoiled. Um, and then we, yeah, you're, you're right. We talked free agency acquisitions, uh, offensive tackle, Juwan Taylor, kind of the big one coming over from Jacksonville defensive lineman, Charles Menahio from San Francisco. They did pick up offensive tackle Donovan Smith, the longtime starter for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers late in the cycle. And then another former Tampa Bay player, safety, Mike Edwards. Yeah, so then only a couple of re-signings here for this Super Bowl winning roster. Brought back wide receiver Justin Watson, running back Derek McKinnon, and then defensive lineman Derek Nadi. And then their free agency losses, offense tackle Orlando Brown Jr. leaves for Cincinnati. Safety Juan Thornhill ends up in Cleveland. Defensive end Frank Clark in Denver. Wide receiver Juice Smith-Schuster goes to the Patriots. Defense lineman Kalen Saunders to the Saints. Wide receiver McCole Hardman ends up in the Jets. And then starting offensive tackle Andrew Wiley goes to Washington. I was just going to say, like, you look at their free agency additions. They lose Orlando Brown. They bring in Juwan Taylor. They lose Frank Clark. They bring in Charles Amenahue. They lose Andrew Wiley. They bring in Donovan Smith. They lose Juan Thornhill. They're bringing Mike Edwards. Like they're just yeah. they're just plugging and playing at this point. Yeah, and they continued to add a bunch of depth to this roster with their draft class in the first round, uh, pick thirty one overall. They took Edge Felix Anadike Uzama out of Kansas State. Second round, they took Rasheed Rice, the wide receiver out of SMU. Round three was Wania Morris, the offensive tackle out of Oklahoma. Round four, they had Shamari Connor, the DB out of Virginia Tech. Uh, round five, they took B.J. Thompson, edge out of Stephen F. Austin. Uh, Keandre Coburn is round six, uh, the defensive tackle out of Texas. And then Nick Jones, round seven, the corner out of Ball State. Yeah, and so then we take a look at their death chart. Of course, Patrick Mahomes leading the way at quarterback. <laughs> Blaine Gabbert is the backup uh, in Kansas City now. At running back, they have Isaiah Pacheco, who absolutely burst onto the scene as a seventh-round pick last year. Jarek McKinnon. Clyde Edwards-Alaire slides all the way down to third on Crazy. the death chart. Really interesting there. Uh, at wide receiver, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Excuse me. Quez. It's... Uh, it's Quez, isn't it? Yeah, whatever. I, I always forget that he has a unique way to pronounce his name. Um, Kadarius Tony is one of the other starting wide receivers. A lot of big things expected out of Tony this year. Uh, and the Sky Moore, the rookie from last year, slot is that starting slot receiver. Said slot twice. Uh, Justin Watson, Rasheed Rice, Richie James, some depth there. A tight end, Travis Kelsey. Uh, of course, continues to be one of the best tight ends in league history. Noah Gray is kind of a sneaky good backup, if you don't know that name. Jody Fortson's kind of a fun 
depth tight end as well. And then across the offensive line, Donovan Smith is probably going to take over a left tackle. Joe Thune, Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith make up one of the best interior offensive lines in the entire league. And then Jawan Taylor sliding in at right tackle. Yeah, I mean, I think definitely some different weapons here for Patrick Mahomes. The departures, like you said, of Smith-Schuster and McCall Hardman. But I think Rasheed Rice is a really fun piece for Andy Reid. Losing Orlando Brown Jr. stings, obviously. Donovan Smith becomes his replacement. Is a serviceable tackle, but was penalized the most in his career last season. Um, I think that line can be good. You know, basically, that's all Patrick Mahomes needs is for a line that can be decent slash good slash serviceable, and then he can make things happen himself. Uh, Lots of speed, lots of gadget ability, I think, with this offense, which makes them even scarier when you think about, you know, the the offensive mind of Andy Reid and how creative he can be with some of these some of these players. Yeah, and we know how good that offense can be when it's clicking and the defense continues to improve. There's so many rookies from the Super Bowl winning team last year that are going to play really big roles as second-year players. At the edge, you have George Karloftis, Charles Menehue, and then you had mentioned Felix Enedike Uzoma uh, as a backup. In the interior defensive line, Chris Jones continues to be an all-world player. Uh, Derek Nadi playing alongside of him. At off-ball linebacker, really interesting here. Willie Gay, Nick Bolton, Leo Chanel, Drew Tranquil, four guys who can really do a lot of stuff. And I I would say most of them are probably going to have kind of specialized roles, but you talk about blitzing linebackers. They have uh, two to three really, really good ones there. Um, Maybe a little bit of a struggle at coverage, but, uh, man, moving forward, tackling, playing the run. Uh, really good group there. And then in the secondary, Jalen Watson uh, listed as a starting corner. He was a seventh-round pick last year. Legereus Sneed, of course, as well. And then Trent McDuffie, the first-rounder from last year. Joshua Williams is a nice depth piece uh, behind him. And then at safety, you have Brian Cook and Justin Reed as projected starters with Mike Edwards, that free agent acquisition, the longtime veteran from Tampa, uh, as the third safety. Yeah, I mean, I think you can tell where the Chiefs have made their biggest investments, and it's beefing up that front. You know, George Karloftis was last year's first-round pick. They brought in Derek Nadi in free agency, signed Charles Amenahue. Then they invested again this year in their first-round pick with uh, Felix Nudiki Ozama, which I thought was a little bit surprising after the Karloftis pick last year, but I did really like that selection as well. And then you've got all that with Chris Jones already on the roster, the All-Pro, so... That's kind of what stands out to me in this roster. I think the secondary is good. I really, I think the inside linebackers are interesting, like you mentioned, but that front is going to generate a ton of pressure and they have a ton of really nice depth there. Yeah, I think this defense is going to step up from uh, pretty solid to good to very good. Um, and in the not too distant future, maybe one of the better units in the league. On offense, you know, the Chiefs kind of always get this credit for just being able to swap out whoever they want and surviving after the debacle they had in the Super Bowl uh, with not being able to protect Patrick Mahomes at all against the Buccaneers pass rush. They've kind of come out and solidified that. But I do have some question marks that tackle Donovan Smith, Jawan Taylor. Neither one's been particularly good in their career up to this point. Maybe it doesn't matter because the interior is so good. But this is a team that could go from a really, really great elite kind of offense to sort of mediocre if anything happens to Travis Kelsey. So that's the one area where I think they would take a huge step down 
Um, everything else, I, I mean, I would definitely expect this to be one of the AFC contenders all over again. Yeah, I mean, this feels very news at 11, right? The Chiefs are good. Like, this happens with a lot of Super Bowl winning rosters. But, I mean, good players leave. They go get paid elsewhere. They got their ring. Um, But they lost some big names. I mean, Orlando Brown, Juan Thornhill, Frank Clark, some depth at wide receiver. But I thought they did a nice job making up for those losses in a cost-effective way. I think the window is still open for the Chiefs, obviously. And it would take some significant injury suspensions, you know, or something, you know, alien abduction maybe to keep this team from making some type of playoff push and you know if you can brave the december cold at lambo on sunday night football with no sunlight obviously the atmosphere for this one is just going to be incredible yeah i think this is a really fun show to do basically because it's like wow both these teams are really good and we know what kind of tough stretch this is going to be for the packers you and i talked about it the night the schedule came out we've been talking about it all throughout the series, once the Packers hit this November to early December stretch, this is going to make or break the season if they can, you know, swim at all early on. But uh, that is all the time that we have for today. This has been the Pack of Day Podcast. You can find Kyle on Twitter at Packer underscore Pundit, even though he's not here today. You can find Maggie at Maggie J. Loney and uh, on Packs What She Said. And you can find me at Andrew Mertig. Please subscribe and give us a five-star rating if you like what we're doing. You can catch Kyle, Maggie, and myself every Friday. Next week, we'll be back with the previews for the Packers' last three matchups with the New York Giants, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and the Carolina Panthers. Thanks for listening. And as always, remember... Go Pack! Go Pack!